Welcome to the Chris Akajcast. My name is Hector. My name is Christian. My name is Samaj. And my name is Pablo. And this podcast, we talk about all things music, from news to opinions and hot takes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Chris Akashcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about our favorite albums of 2020 so far. Now that we are about six months in, um, a lot of music has come out. Um, there's been a lot, definitely a lot of ups and downs, a lot of big hits, and even some flops. But despite all those things, we're going to get right into what our favorite works of art are so far this year. So going to start off with Christian. Everyone is going to name one to five albums in no particular order. So Christian, take it away. All right. So the first album I chose this year, for this year, it's called It Is What It Is by Thundercat. Ooh. Um, this album okay. is a really great album. Fuck. My favorite tracks off nope. this album were like Interste- Interstellar Love with that 6-8 vibe and songs like Houseway, Funny Things. Um, Dragon Ball Durag, like this production on this album was very amazing, great vibes, and it was just very short, not too long. I gave this album an eight out of ten, and yeah, that was that was my album. Wow, how could I forget about the Thundercat album? Yeah. I I little I absolutely love that album. Like I'm actually so mad at myself that I didn't put it on my list because now that I think about it, it would definitely be in like top two. Like, how could I forget? Wow, that, but yeah, no, that's a great pick, dude. I love that album so yeah. much. Yeah, I have, like, Thundercat, like, that the whole, like, discography, like, in my backlogs to listen to, because mm. I just know that one Thundercat song from, from TikTok. <laughs> that, that hits. And, like, it's fire, bro. So I'm like, yo, I gotta, I gotta hop on this Thundercat week. Like, yeah, nah, same here. Sure, I'm gonna have to listen to that. Yeah. All right, so who's next? uh pablo you're next all right i'm next so four um i only have four um and my fourth is uh king cruel man alive Hmm. so king cruel uh is a uh a band pretty much just one guy um from the uk and i'm a big fan of king cruel uh he kind of like disappeared when he released his uh last album and when he made his return out of nowhere, it was like, you know, I was really happy because I haven't heard his music in a long time. It's a, it's a really, really, really good and, like, thorough album. You could really feel, like, the anguish and pain from his vocals and the, and the instruments. Cruel uh, does a great job at showing, like, the pain with, like, really minimal effort. And that's one thing about the album. It's, like, very minimal, but it still, like, packs punches. Um the concept of man alive isn't really one that requires a lot of listening to catch on to but like i said like the simplicity of the album like hits harder than the complexity uh cruel's ability to blend jazz with no wave post-punk hip-hop and a lot of other diverse sounds are really shown and like flexed to the maximum like people know that he's able to you know make music with a blend of many genres but he does a really great job here. Um, and Cruel's uh, music is often depressing, but what makes like Man Alive different 
is the concept of getting over that depression and looking forward to what the future holds onto you. Uh, he has a line in a song called Alone Omen 3. He says, nothing is nothing wrong in sinking low, but don't forget that you're not alone. Right. So like that line alone is just really inspiring. And it's just a uh, uh, like a, it, it's different from his other music. And it's, it's a great listen. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you guys like are really like a fan of like that. I mean, it's really just like rock, but like super mellow, whatever. But like, I would recommend you guys like, at least like listen to a few songs. I, I heard of him before. I, I listened to his, I listened to some of his like debut work and stuff like oh, that. Really? He, he's really interesting. I, I like his voice, and you know, his, in that first album and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Definitely gotta listen to this new album. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Is he like? Yeah. Is he is he new or? Because I've actually never heard of him before. Well, he's or not is he really... popular in like you know somewhere else. Like he's popular in. He's popular like he's popular in the U.S. but mostly not. Um. He is not that new. I think he had like his first like hit in like 2012. Mm. Um, but um, it's not you know like it's one of those artists that it's like if you're not into that genre, you probably really wouldn't listen to him. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely got to check that out. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right, so I'm gonna take it a little mainstream here uh, yes. with the Slow Rush by Team Impala. Mm-hmm. So I think I feel like this is this is that will definitely be on a lot of people's like top list because this album personally it's one of my favorite Tame Impala albums, um, and I remember when it came out I was uh, on the bus and I was taking a bus ride like a few hour bus ride from New Hampshire back to New York and it was just the perfect vibe <laughs> for that environment <laughs> like it was kind of crazy just looking out the window seeing all the scenery and stuff and just listening to this. And I think I think the thing about what what I think of when I think about this album, I literally just think of like a beauty because the whole thing is revolved around the concept of time and how time really haunts all of us in one way or another for good and bad. And I just think that it's such a universal concept that everyone can relate to. And when you just combine it with the, you know, psychedelic sound of Team Impala. I, I think I think it's I think it's great that now Tim Paul is pretty pretty mainstream and I think because I think everyone needs to listen to this honestly. True. Like I just think it's just something that you can really vibe with and enjoy and anyone can enjoy under any type of circumstances and it's really mellow and chill. And a lot of times it's it kind of brings hope for the future and what's to come. Yeah. So I would rate this a nine out of ten. Yeah. Oh, we're rating them. My bad. Um, <laughs> oh. uh, well, I, I was gonna. Okay, I'll give the King Cruel album an, an eight out of ten. Then, sorry. Okay. What um, about you, Christian? Oh, I, I had I had this album on my list too, and like I really enjoyed this album. You know, I songs like Posthumous Forgiveness, where he talks about. I feel like, in my opinion, this is probably his greatest song lyrically, if not mm. probably his best, because like how he switches from like talking about hating his father to like wanting his father in the other part of his in the second half of the song true you know and like there's many songs there's many songs on 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 this album that are like past five minutes but like he really justifies like the reason for that for the songs to be that long and stuff yeah and we i see the like the last time he dropped this album was like what five years ago with currents and you see the growth that he has you see the growth from like inner speaker to um this album and you know he's worked with many artists like kanye 
Kanye, Lady Gaga, um, Travis Scott, and the list goes on. And you can see that influence in this album. Yeah. And I love the production on this album. Yeah. With the, with the um, percussion and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Tame Impala is like one of those artists when we were having that conversation about like what is mainstream. He's like mm-hmm. one of those artists that is on his own stream, you know, like, mm. like how I explained it with like Kanye, where yeah. like Kanye is extremely popular, but Kanye doesn't copy anybody else. You know, he creates mm-hmm. his own wave. Right? Yeah. I feel like that's Tame Impala as well. You know, like Tame Impala has, creates like his own wave that like pushed him to that popularity status, but he doesn't copy anybody else. Like from my knowledge, like his music is really, really unique. And I feel like that's why so many people like it because yeah. it's just that uniqueness and that vibe that he gives off is like not comparable to almost anything else. Yeah. I, I think... Add, uh, oh, sorry, you go. Even to add to that, like, I feel like you can compare, like, well, Kevin Parker and Kanye in the sense of that each album is different, you know? Mm-hmm, like, fast. Inner Speaker is very different from Currents or Lonerism. Like, each album is very different Yeah. And stuff, yeah. I think when you look at track titles for this album, it's also another thing that's very interesting because the first track starts with it's titled One More Year. The last track is titled One More Hour. And from the first track to the last track, it's basically like a slow progression of time in the titles. Like it starts where you start to realize like, wow, time is really passing by. I'm running out of time and soon it's all going to be gone. And that, that's a very existential idea. Yeah. And, yeah, oh, yeah. It, the, the concept for that uh for that album is definitely like one of my favorites of the year you know just when i learned about like the whole time thing when like you know i was reading up on it i was like damn like it, it really like you really feel it like you know it's you really feel that concept of time like you know really go like being pushed but not like too forced you know it's, it's just it's it's a perfect way to you know um explain to the to your listeners like what the album is about. Hmm. Alright, so now I think Chris, career four. Yep. Okay. Um I had After Hours by the weekend. Great um, album. Good. Yeah. good this this good is a great album. Um songs like Hardest to Love, Scared to Live, uh Blinding Lights in Your Eyes, Save Your Tears. Um like all those songs are great pop records. Songs like Snow Child and Nothing to Compare. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of like he goes back to like like House of Balloon vibes. And like he goes back into like his old works and he like you get that influence and you hear that influence in, in these songs. Um, yeah, I, I see. I feel like this album is definitely better than Starboy. You can see mm-hmm. like it's not too much pop music, but it's definitely. It's it's definitely more darker than Starboy, and yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel mm-hmm. like After Hours is definitely more mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. O- also, yeah. the do you think the deluxe tracks additions are were like worth it or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one song, I think I mentioned it. Um, what's it called? Nothing compares. Like I think that's off the deluxe, and I mean that song was amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. I really loved that uh, After Hours. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, I had really high expectations for when it was when it when it when it was coming out because of the uh, singles that were released prior. 
Yeah. And I mean, it blew all of those expectations away, you know. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I'm, I really appreciate it when artists like, you know, actually put a lot of effort into their music to make sure that every single detail is like, um, just right. And I feel like on After Hours, you could really see how the weekend, you know, put all of that effort into making sure that it's a really good like listening experience. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a really good album overall, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But would you rate it out of 10? Oh, I I rated 9 out of 10. Mm. Yeah. I feel like this album's definitely like in the top 5 albums of this year in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I originally yeah. had uh this album on my list, but I I had just listened to it this past week. I only got to listen mm. to it once through. So I just felt like like I would like to, you know, listen to it more develop a bigger relationship with it hmm. and then move from there yeah it's definitely one of those albums that you know you got to keep on listening to it even like the first time it hits but then like you know when you keep on listening you always get something from it yeah yeah all right um off to my number three i chose denzel curry and kenny beats unlocked hmm. um so basically unlocked came out of nowhere and it was like the best surprise of the year like it, it felt almost like a like a, a surprise birthday gift and, you know it's a it's a 20 minute project that was created in one day you know wow. um, i don't know if you guys know anything about kenny beats but he has this series on youtube where like he invites random rappers to his studio and they make like a song like and it's like a freestyle song hmm. And they, they recorded in that one day. So in one of his episodes, he invited Denzel Curry, and they made a really, really good song. And then that, from, from what they say, like that day, like they created a whole 20-minute project off of it. And it's absolutely like full of bangers on top of bangers. Like every single song is just so, so like good. And I can't believe that it was created in one day. Um you know, uh, the creativeness from Kenny and Denzel are really, like, unparalleled. And it's, it's unpa- unparalleled compared to, like, most of the people in the game right now. Um, the project, yeah. a project like this is, like, extremely risky to pull off. You know, because, I mean, it's just a one-day project. And they did it really, really, really well. Um, there was this, they actually have a music video accompanied to the, to the project on YouTube, it's like a twenty minute music video, and it's so sick. Like the visuals and everything go with like every song, like flow into each other. It's like a mu- I recommend you guys listen to it. It's amazing. Um, the samples are from like old school video games and like older voice recordings, and it gives this like real like vibe that I can only compare to like MF Doom, you know? Because I mean, it's definitely Doom inspired, like from the vocals to the beats. And, you know, Denzel kills every single track with non t- nonstop rapid-fire rapping that doesn't grow old. You know, it's not like Eminem-type rapping. It's, like, mm. fast but really refreshing. Um, and, you know, the variety of flows and cadences alone, like, show the quality of the project and, like, the tier that Denzel's in, you know. So, oh. yeah. And I would give uh, Unlocked uh, an 8 out of 10. Nice. Yeah. Hector? Alright. So my next one. Another another big hit of twenty twenty so far. A lot of people listen to it. 
a lot of people now know this artist, Heaven or Hell, Don Tolliver. Um, so personally, before before uh, I I only knew Don Tolliver from like that one track on on Astroworld. I think everybody and, else did. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I didn't even know him by name. I was just like, Yo, bro, this guy sounds kind of nice. And then I didn't even know that, like this album like was coming out. This was a thing, anything like that. And um. <laughs> honestly like to me this was a huge surprise like listening to this was just like like wow like like just like the sound of don toliver like in in a way some would say he's like a spiritual successor to travis scott but like the fact is like he really has his own sound like he's really like like it might at first glance it might not seem like that different but when you listen to it it's like wow like this is actually like crazy and um I also really appreciate how um, he doesn't have a lot of features um, on this project. Like it's pretty much he has like a few like on three songs, but it's pretty much just him solo, and like it hits, like it really yeah. hits. Hmm. And I'm like I'm really excited to see like what he's gonna do in the future because he's definitely like a young artist, and I think I think he only has like one other like big project um, that actually came out at the same time. That I think Asheroad came out. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, and yeah. it's totally and that that one is good too. But it totally got overshadowed by Asheroad. So I'm really glad that um, Heaven or Hell got the love and attention that it definitely deserves because I really think this is a phenomenal project. Yeah, and hmm. I rated a solid um, nine out of ten. Also, see, I have well, a this, love. Yeah. Oh my bad, my bad. You I don't know. You, okay. No, I mean, yeah, you can. I was just gonna say that. So out of all the projects we've talked about so far. This is probably the first one that I've actually, because you guys were putting me on game like for a lot of the time, but right here, this is one I've listened to and it was pretty mainstream, so I got the chance to. Listen. And um, I'm gonna have to respectfully disagree. Me I do too. think <laughs> <laughs> I do see like Don Tolliver as like as far as like a, just a unique sound and like uh, like creating his own like the audience and unique sound audience, all that. I definitely see his potential in that, but I feel like he almost kind of failed to do that on this project. I see a few like misses or like holes in here where like some so some songs he didn't really use his vocal abilities to his full potential like we know he can and when he doesn't do that like when he doesn't show up his vocals and just maintains he just sounds like almost like a travis clone when he like goes like mellow with it because he uses the same effects he's from like the same area it's like the vibe could get a little like it could almost feel like copy at times and just like the same like the psychedelic sound like the feel like all that it just feels very travis god he just just like Travis Scott, if you have like a different voice, a more unique voice, sometimes, and yeah. um, and then just some of the song structures, some of, like some songs kind of it just gets a little like monotonous for me. Yeah, that's exactly like <laughs> that's my point. Odd. Like okay. I have to completely agree with Samaj. Like I still think <laughs> Heaven or Hell is like a good project. It's just the the only problem really that I have with Don Tolliver is like when I was listening to Heaven or Hell. I kind of like started noticing that he really kind of sounds the same in a lot of his songs and that's like a huge turnoff for me because I mean obviously I don't expect every artist to you know have a different sound for every single song but it started becoming like really really repetitive and I, I was like you know what like I'll just listen to like I would only come back to like a few songs because the rest, like, I can already know, you know, what to expect. And if I listen to it anymore, I'm just going to get a really bad taste in my mouth. 
And so those holes in the project kind of, you know, mm-hmm. brought it down for me where it became a little bit less enjoyable, you know, because um, I just can't come back to the whole project as a whole. You know, I can only listen to like a couple of songs and enjoy those songs. And the rest is just like, all right, I, I already know these songs. Like I've listened to them like that's it. You know, but um, I mean, it is a good like it's a good project for an artist that is, you know, fresh off the scene. And I mean, I, I just only expect him to do better in the future, you know, but uh, I, I don't think it's like a nine out of ten. I think it's like a seven and a half, you know, but, but that's just me personally. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's still pretty good, though. I see what you guys are saying, but I think you should also consider that, at least in my personal opinion, I don't really think like all artists are making music to be listened to like as a whole in one shot. I think a lot, like, for example, like, while, like, the points of, like, it kind of gets monotonous, and I don't really, I can't listen to the whole thing straight through, like, while that may be true, you could say the exact same thing about Travis Scott and Astro World. Like, after listening to it for a while, like, you can't listen to the whole thing straight through and be engaged the entire time. No, you're right, and I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the problems that I have with Astro World too. <laughs> the second half is really boring, like like i wouldn't say really really boring but it's just it gets a little boring you know so you're right you're completely right about that yeah Mm -hmm. see but then change the setting right let's say one of those songs that you may find boring let's say that comes on as a standalone song on your playlist on shuffle that you haven't heard in a while like your perception of it is definitely going to be different than if you're listening to the whole thing straight through yeah Uh, you know what i mean i I kind of i feel like the second half is 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 only boring in comparison to like the the first half of the project like exactly high standards the high standards he set were like sickle mode and all these other great songs and then it was like a roller coaster and then it just started kind of going down from there see and that's where you have to that's where you have to think like some artists are very methodical with their track lists and the fact that everything they're doing is for a reason like how i was just talking about like team impala how you know the whole thing was centered around the concept of time but when you think of artists like Travis Scott and Don Tolliver, like honestly, you really think of like vibe music or party music. Like there's really no, like there's not a lot of substance to this type of music. And again, like that's not a bad thing. Like sometimes it's really good to just listen to something that has no meaning. It's something just to listen to that you enjoy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think when you put it into that perspective, I think that gives it a redeeming quality. Yeah. And of course, like it is like his first like big product that's blown up and i'm excited to see what it comes out in the future and he definitely could do better but i still think it deserves acclaim and praise for what okay. it is yeah that's fair mm-hmm. that's fair yeah cool who's next who's next go 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 Bro, i was just thinking about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're next christian all right um my third take my third album right this is third right yeah okay um, Dark Lane Demo Tapes by Drake. Ooh, starting to get controversial. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I put this album on here just because, like, I feel like songs like, you know, Deep Pockets, um, Chicago Freestyle, like, this whole project in, in, in some sense, in, in, in some sense, I feel like this is his best project he has dropped since, like, More Life. Or, no, like, Views. And stuff, mm. and you know, even though it's like just like this is not like, even though he released it officially, and you know, it's like it's it's not tracks that we're probably not going to see in this upcoming album. They were really solid, and we 
and I'm very like excited to see what's gonna what he's gonna drop this summer. To you know, and what else? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to agree with Christian on this one, even though I did not put it on my list because I I, I am a Drake stan and I greatly appreciated this this work <laughs> and I thought I genuinely thought it was good. Like I like okay. I, I thought it hit. I just didn't think it wasn't one of my favorites personally. Okay. And this yeah. is gonna have to be the second time I, I <laughs> respectfully disagree with somebody today. But that's all good. So okay. uh definitely demo tape for me was a like a mixed bag. So the songs you you pointed out, like Deep Pockets and Chicago Freestyle, that's easily the the top two of the album. Some of the songs though are a little bit like kind of weighed down for me. Like huh. uh so now you two with Chris Brown. It's like it's just kind of boring. Like, I know Drake could do, like, that R&B, like, slow track feel, because I love some of his songs like that. Like, Redemption, uh, Marvin's Room, just, like, a, a, su- a few of his, like, slower cuts. But in this sense, I feel like he had Chris Brown, and he didn't really use... Like, him and Chris Brown, they made that great song. Like, that was a summer, like, banger. I forgot what it was called. But, like, it was getting played, like, everywhere. Yeah. And they had the potential to, like, you know, collaborate and do something. I see they were going for, like, a different feel, but it was kind of just, like, Drake, just, like kind of vibing for like four minutes over like this slow beat and it mm-hmm. was like it's cool like background music but like i'm not i guess that's all it is I, for what it is then i guess it's okay but that kind of weighted down in comparison to those other tracks yeah then then we have a poor use of of playboy cardi on pain 19 <laughs> i'm not gonna hold that i'm not gonna hold that against drake because you know that's playboy cardi but mm. that's just another thing that kind of is a little amp for me and then he has some of these like tracks with the potential to be bangers, but they just felt like like underbaked to me. Hmm. Like you know when you like put a you know when you like make a cake, you put all the ingredients together, you pour it inside the thing, and like you put it in the oven and like you're yeah. waiting for it to come out. I feel like some of these songs like he took out a little bit too early. Like they could have hmm. they're like missing a little something, maybe like a feature here or because Drake could definitely hold his own like on his own track, you know that. Yeah. But like time flies landed oh no i actually like time flies uh landed uh just a few of these other ones where he's not like rapping because i like drake when he's standalone rapping like on deep pockets or from florida with love Mm -hmm. i like that kind of drake but when he's like just trying to make a catchy song or like a hook sometimes it could get a little bit like like okay like i'm trying to hear a different voice on this or something because you know drake he he's just been doing he makes like these quick two minute like you know catchy songs Mm mm-hmm I feel like they're good standalone, but when he puts them all in a project, like, it kind of takes away from... Like, they're good in, like, a short, like, short batches. Like, small batches. Mm-hmm. But, like, back to back to back, I don't know. It kind of takes away from me, in my opinion. I completely agree with what Samaj is saying. Um, but the mm-hmm. only thing is, I'm a little bit more forgiving. Okay. Because it's... Because my idea of this project is not really to be, like, a complete, like, you know thorough project right i think it was just like a batch of songs that drake thought were good and he wanted to release them right and i'm sure he knew that some of the songs on there could have been a little bit better but you know he still wanted to you know give the fans like a little bit of love and whatever mm-hmm. and you know i like again like i the points that samaj made i completely agree with you know it's just um I'm not really, I wasn't really, when I went into the album, I mean, not that, when I went mm-hmm. into the project, I didn't expect, like, you know, this crazy, like, you know, 
Drake album with you know yeah. this feature and that feature. I was just like, you know what? I know there's songs that I'm I'm not gonna enjoy on here. So let me just enjoy the ones that I like, and then the other ones like whatever. Like I'm probably not gonna listen to again. So, yeah. but I mean, I I'm not like I'm a big Drake fan, but I'm not like a stan. So mm-hmm. I was happy, but I I don't know. I just can't like I can't put that as like one of my favorites, you know? Because it, mm-hmm. it just there were only a few songs on not a few, but like a handful of songs that I would yeah. actually come back and listen to, you know. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, because I feel like at this point in Drake's career, like he has nothing to prove. So I feel like his last like couple albums, like there was no, there's no, like how are we talking about the other al- albums? There's no big concept, grand concept behind them. He doesn't have any method. Like his last few albums sounded almost like kind of careless. Like he just like, yeah, I made like a few, a few songs. Let me just slap them together. I don't even care what order they're in. Let's just, let me just put them out. I'm Drake. Like, you know, they'll do numbers. I think that's the vibe I kind of get. Yeah, me too. You know what's interesting about that? I I kind I kind of feel like like what happens to him like in his head is like after he pretty much came out with his magnum opus like magnus opus views like he was just like you know what like I'm gonna just you know I'm chilling like I did everything yeah. I need to do like you're saying like I don't gotta prove myself anymore. He's gonna, gonna do numbers. Stuff. He's yeah. gonna do numbers no matter what. Like the man, yeah. like he he <laughs> two C slide like. <laughs> he he bro he knew yeah. exactly what he was doing with 2c slide like, that's literally he a made a dance he made a yeah. dance for it he knew <laughs> what was going on right now he knows tiktok he is go. popping he hired these guys to make a dance before the song came out mm-hmm. and when the song came out they released the dance and of course everybody jumped on that like on bro, tiktok yeah. on everything like he's, he's a genius yeah. for that like at <laughs> yeah. least, you know? so i mean he's he's yeah, just a genius yeah. at making these like, like catchy songs himself. you know yeah. exactly Literally, if TikTok didn't exist, Tusi Slide would not now exist. Of course, I, I, he he only thought of that because it was like it was very opportunistic. Like, oh, TikTok is popping right now. Everyone's doing these cool dances. Let me mm-hmm. make this little song with like a dance in it. I'm gonna go viral. Mm-hmm. So it's like a business move. And, you know, I respect like the business side of Drake too. Like, he's not just a musician at any. Like, you know, he's marketing. He has yeah. his Virginia Black liquor. He has this like his merch that sells out. He has these Jordan collabs. So like, he's more than just he's like a brand now. Like outside of music. Facts. Like, and you know, like an NBA player. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> reminds me, that reminds me of this one line from, from uh, Jay-Z. Because I feel like Jay-Z is the only other artist that I can, like, you know, think of. Comparable like, to Comparable, that. like, like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, Jay-Z said, I think he said, like, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Like, he himself <laughs> is a business. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, like, it, it, it's like he his his person, like, you know, him. Is a, mm-hmm. is a business and i feel like drake does a really good job at marketing himself you know yeah it's, it's just yeah great mm-hmm. great i agree so, yeah. with uh, i agree with like some of the like some of your points that you guys made about the album but i feel like i feel like this album or not this album this project gives potential for whatever he's going to drop coming this summer and stuff it's just like a little taste of gonna happen yeah mm-hmm. okay so i'm I mean, gonna yeah yeah and the same expectations I have for this album, I'm half for the next. I don't think Drake is gonna come together with some concept that's gonna be so grand. I'm like, but yeah. that's never been Drake anyway. Even in the stages, yeah. Hmm. So, all right. Cool. So uh, for my number two, um, I'm 100 percent sure you guys didn't listen to this album. Probably didn't even <laughs> know of who this person was. And I mean, I don't really recommend you to listen to this album because it's so weird and so different. I mean, like, okay, like, if you're, if you're with that, like, all right, then go ahead, but 
It's a uh, Fiona Apple fetch the box cutters. Never heard the bolt. The bolt cutters. My bad. The bolt cutters. <laughs> Whoops. Mm. Fiona Apple fetch the bolt cutters. So okay. Fiona Apple is a uh, very experimental art- artist. Um, she's had music like popping since the early 2000s. You know, she's had she's had a couple of hits, um, but. The one thing I, what I like about Fiona Apple is her projects as a whole. They're very conceptual, very very mm. conceptual. And this album is the epitome of conceptual, right? It's super super strange, but when you like really think about it, it's like yo, like this is genius, you know? Like it's absolutely genius. Um, so they make like the music that she makes, like it makes you vision the concepts through its unique sound and unnerving tone like and just by the music alone you know not even her vocals right and her vocals add a whole nother dimension to it she has a really unique production that i've never heard on like any other album like ever you know like you could say that about a a lot of artists but with her i feel like the way she produces her music is just so unique that it, it i don't even know how to what to compare it to you know, um, mm. it's super creative, like plus more, like it's just creative. And even more than that, she uh, really takes the listeners for a ride with its wild and emotional songwriting. Um, mm-hmm. Really good replay value. The more because, you know, the more and more you listen to it, the more you get from it. Um, and for me, like, I'm gonna be honest, like it took me a couple of listens to realize how well the album does at touching the listener you know like i i liked it in the beginning but i was like man this is like too strange like, it's a little weird but then i kept listening to it and kept listening to it i'm like oh my god like it's so genius so so genius but um i give this i think this is the only hold up i'm trying to think i think this might be the only 10 out of 10 that i would give to an album this year like wow. it's a 10 out of 10 for me like wow it is so genius like i her fucking mind and i mean she's been doing music like this for a long time and the reason why she's not as known she's she's popular but she's not as known because mm-hmm. it's just so it's not it's the opposite of mainstream like it legit legitimately <laughs> is the opposite of mainstream like some songs make you like kind of like react like in a certain way with like your face like oh like what am i listening to right now like it's so out of touch like but it's because of that it's just so unique and genius you know hmm. um but yeah, yeah i mean go ahead like listen to it like you know ask me about it later but um <laughs> i don't really <laughs> expect you guys to like like it that much but i mean you know it, it's really good it's really good wow might give it a listen <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not like yeah. it's not like i guarantee you it's not like anything else you've ever listened to hmm. yeah is it like that stuff that you were trying to make? Uh, no, no, no. It's not like that. That's just, that. But I mean, there's music like that. But like, the, like I don't know if you ever heard of like the Aphex Twins. No. Yeah, no. They make they make music like that. Like where it's like super like like a bunch of random noises and stuff like that. But they actually make good music, you know. But um, yeah, no, no. Fiona. But she has catchy songs too. It's not like it's not like there's no like rhythm to it. Like there is a lot of rhythm and whatever that you could get. You know, you could mess with, mm-hmm. but. It's just in in general, like the way the pacing of the songs change and the the way, you know, the drums like just change and like everything gets really aggressive at one point. It's just super weird, but it's it's really good. Okay. Oh, okay. 
All right. This is my last one. This is going to be a fun one. Okay. Woo! Oh, boy. Eternal a take the luck. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. My <laughs> no way. Are you crazy? All right, bro. All right. Bro. Uh, Are you guys? Right. No, no before, before, before you explain yourself, before you explain yourself, I was just about to make. I was just about to make a comment on how we should do the most disappointing albums of the year. True, Eternal Take was gonna be my number one. My my number. I hate that album. First of all, okay, okay. You know what? No, okay, you know what? All right, you know what? You know what? You have the you have the deluxe. All right, so I'll give you that because the deluxe has like fan favorite leaks. Right, I'll give you that. But besides the fan favorite leaks. It is horrid. How like it's absolutely horrid. The album is horrid. Like, all right, explain yourself. Go. All right. I got. I've thought about. I've thought. You know what's crazy? I've been thinking about my thoughts on this album ever since it came out. I've. Hmm. That's how. That's how much I've struggled with it. But I've come to a conclusion. All right. In order to really appreciate Eternal Take, you need to understand where it came from what happened and why it is the way it is and the thing is every all of us here we pretty much know that all right this album was delayed for about three years before it was released uzi had the big problems with his record label all those things and it was leaked everywhere and there was no stopping it and it got to the point where a long time before it even came out everybody had already heard eternal take as an artist, to know that what you personally think is going to be one of your big biggest projects to come out ever, for it to be delayed for three years when you already have it ready, and for it to be leaked, that's crushing, okay? Because you want to give your fans an experience. You want to give your fans something they can truly enjoy. And listening to leaks is not listening to something that you can truly enjoy because it's not the best it can be. It's not mastered properly. It's the quality may not be that good. Many different things, all right? So as an Uzi fan, you have to think, okay, I'm little Uzi. What am I going to do next with this big project that I had big aspirations for? It's been leaked, delayed three years. What do I do? How do I make something to redeem it, to make it better? I'm going to take the whole thing out, throw it out, and start from scratch and make something brand new. And you know what? Other people might not like it. But I'm doing this for the sake of the album, for the sake of the art. And that's why he came out with a completely different track list, completely different songs. Now, on a, I remember on the first listen, I was in lunch with some friends and we we're all listening to it. Right. First of all, I genuinely before the deluxe came out. I enjoyed this album still. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was different Uzi. In some cases, repetitive. But I think it still was worth listening to. And I think what one of the most interesting things was that it was pretty much all Uzi. There wasn't really any features in the original Eternal Take. Well, you know, the one that he released, that is. It was all him. It was straight him. And I don't think we've really heard that before. And I think the problem is a lot of people would argue that Uzi by himself is really not that great. And the thing that really compliments him and brings out his, you know, his style and, you know, his good attributes are features, right? So the fact that he made all these songs without a single feature, 
I thought that was really cool. And I thought that pretty much the whole track list really fit with the whole theme he had of, you know, this idea about it's something from space. It's not from this planet. It's out of this world. And honestly, there I really think there's some bangers like Low Main, Silly Watch, Homecoming, Bigger Than Life, Venetia, Secure the Bag. I think those like those are generally good songs. Okay. Now, of course, when he came out with this, he didn't get the response he was expecting at all. And instead, he got a lot of hate, which honestly, not misplaced. You could say Eternal Take, as it was, was disappointing. It had nothing that any of the fans were expecting. It was completely different from that. And it makes sense that people were disappointed. But I think it's worth noting that he still took the risk in doing something different for himself and for the fans. And he did redeem it by the deluxe, literally putting everything that had already been leaked on there just so that people could have what they wanted, legit, clean, mastered, fully complete. And I think because of that, Eternal Take Deluxe, Love Versus the World 2 is still one of my favorite albums of 2020 so far. Honestly, that was, as far as favorite albums go, I, I like could respect that argument. As far as, and especially you saying the deluxe, um, I just feel like that would have been a perfect, you know, argument to save for why it was the most disappointing album of 2020. Hmm. Um, as far as like the original one goes, like I know you're kind of like mm-hmm. separating them, but um, I, yeah, I just feel like, so the thing you said about the space vibe, I feel like, like Travis Scott, he just set the bar so high as far as like, like an album coming, like not from here, like coming from like another planet. Because his, his really, I feel like that was, like, the, the standard he set as far as, like, space, or, like, feeling like you're out of space. And then Uzi kind of just, like, kind of fell below that. And I, obviously, you can't copy the same, like, thing that Travis does. But I feel like he could have did, like, like, nothing really was too spacey about it. Like, you could, listen, you could listen to a track all the way through, and then at the end, like, the last five seconds of the track, you'll hear Uzi, like, with some spaceship sounds, like, whoa, where am I? Whoa. <laughs> but, like, that's not really, like, setting, I don't think that's setting, like, a true, like, like, Travis, he didn't even have to, he didn't say, like, physically, or you didn't hear any spaceship sounds. He never, like, said it that he was in space. It was all sound. It. Yeah, it was all through sound. Like, you, you have to, like, solve it for yourself in your head. Yeah. So, um, that's one thing. But, I mean, given, I didn't know, like, all the context that, that you gave. But I wasn't aware of that. So, I guess I could give him some, you know, points for putting together <laughs> something decent, at least. Like, it wasn't, like, god-awful. It was just, I feel like it was just not, like, matching the hype. But if there was no hype for it and we just got, like, that, I feel like it'd just be, like, another average, like, you know, like a typical run-of-the-mill, like, low Z-Ver project. I think the hype is what really, like, killed it for a lot of people. See, but yeah. that's the thing. That's the problem with hype sometimes. This was, this album was highly anticipated by mm-hmm. Uzi fans and even non-Uzi fans alike now, for years, okay. for three years. Mm-hmm. All right? That hype, that buildup of hype. Yo. It's just hard to even bear that weight, especially I... when, again, it's all been leaked and you have to think, all right, so do I either keep it the way it was and give the fans exactly what they're expecting or do I try to provide this experience that I'm giving as an artist? And that's the problem with the hype. The hype definitely killed it. You're totally right. Nah. Yo, heck yeah. I'm going to have to give you a big fat L for this one, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> look, look I, I was agreeing with you. But then when Samaj brought up the point of Astroworld, it kind of like opened my eyes. Right. And I went into the album knowing exactly the circumstances of Eternal Take. Right. 
and I was still very much disappointed, right? And then when he, when everybody was complaining about the first version of Eternal Take, right? And he released the deluxe with the fan favorite songs. It left a really, really, really bad taste in my mouth because he's only doing that, right, to make the fans happy, which is not really that big of a problem, right? But it's just, it, it still kind of is a problem. Right, because it's not really much as like an artist anymore. It's just to to get numbers and to make you know the the haters happy. Which, I don't one hundred percent disagree. Okay, mm, no. he didn't do it for the fans. Yes, he did. Do I mean, it he, did he didn't do it for like random people. He did it for the fans. If you have a fan base that has been looking forward to like this certain thing for so long, and they're asking, it's like a democracy. Like people, if people are asking for something and there's something they want, you're gonna give them what they want. And so he knows mm, that. Why, his, why, why didn't he do that? Why didn't he do that in the original version? Because he wanted to create something better. Instead of just releasing literally what all his but fans, it, but it wasn't heard. better though. It wasn't. Yeah. It was a flop. <laughs> You're right. It was a, it flop was a huge compared flop. to what he already had. Also, wait, another okay. thing though. Another thing yeah. though, and it has to do with Travis Scott too, bro. The okay, the the hype for Astro World, right, was twenty times more than the hype for Eternal Take. Right, it was and astronomical. It was astronomical, <laughs> if you want to say that. Right, it was astronomical, and not only that, but it was also, I think, like a what, like a three-year wait. Right, mm. there were literally people like saying Astro World, Astro World, Astro World, like all the way back when Birds in the Trap was released. Right, yeah. because everybody knew that the next album was going to be Astro World. Like he's already said it. Right, the hype for Astro World was so big, and Travis Scott was still able to deliver. Right, and not just deliver, but like even like like just just you know go over the hype right which mm -hmm. is actually insane because the hype for the album was just so big like i didn't think it was possible right mm -hmm. and now why uzi couldn't do that i think it's just a testament to like the better artist right mm -hmm. and it, it's just it's a shame because i love uzi right but i just cannot i just cannot agree with that being okay like all right again this is a personal favorites list right so i'm not saying that like you're you're personal but like if i'm gonna put my take on it you know it's just i just don't think like the the real the original version is good and i think the deluxe is just like a sorry excuse to make the fans happy again like it's just i don't know like because i just it just leaves a really bad taste in my mouth i'm sorry it just really does like it's like a bad aftertaste that isn't going away and i'm not gonna forget about the deluxe version aftertaste because you know that i was really hyped for eternal take as well and i was really 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 disappointed and to think that like oh well look, you released these uh, these leaked songs oh finally you know we get to hear this song you know blah, blah blah but it's just like nah bro like i wanted that to be the original eternal take right like i i don't think anybody would have been mad if the original eternal take was the leaked songs because that's what everybody wanted right mm -hmm. and now okay i understand what you say with uh like you know he wanted it to be different and blah 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 because you know they were leaked and whatever but still like even if he wanted it to be different he could have done a better job at it yeah. like it was a complete flop so yeah even to add to that like he could have mm -hmm. just like he could have like all those leaked songs like he could have just like work on them even more and make them better or even just that same vibe that he had on leaks just continue that he could have made you know, a, a new tracks. he could have made a uh, new verse new verse yeah, yeah, yeah. you know mm -hmm. he could have done other things 
to improve those leaked songs and make them different. And that would have been actually, uh, that would have gotten such a good response. Yeah. It's like, dude, like I've heard this song. Oh my God, a new verse that I haven't listened to yet. You know, and it's still the same fire beat. You know, it's just, I don't know. Like I, I can't, you know, really. Do you know how many what? like leaked albums have been, have been leaked? And they still been released. Like, look at like Flower Boy. Like, it got leaked uh, like the week before, but he tra- Tyler still released it. You know, he wasn't like, oh, I'm just gonna go back and just you know rewrite the whole thing. You know, mm. yeah. One, one thing more one, albums than that too. Yeah, and one point I like that that Pablo made about about hype. Uh, I really like how, when he said that. Like, it just takes a certain like he brought up the Travis Scott thing, and how it takes a certain like uh, st- caliber of an artist to live up to like the hype you set. Because hype is not an inherently, like, bad thing. Like, that's, like, because that's kind of, like, oh, like, Lil Uzi, like, it was just so much hype, so how could he possibly live up to it? But, you know, with the right artists, like, that four years of hype could have, like, you know, they, they that would have just motivated them to, you know, go above and beyond, above and beyond. And then, mm-hmm. like, that, and then that hype, like, hype could be really, really bad or really, really good. Like, it's never, like, an in-between comes to, like, that level of hype. So yep. it just takes, like, a certain artist to, like, get over that hump. And so even like the, our greatest artists have like missed with some like some of the biggest hypes. Yeah, so, you know, so but, but yeah, like you just kind of got to get lucky with it too. So it's really hard. Like when you when you build that much hype for a project, like you're really setting like a, a like an expectation that you're about to drop something like 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 decade worthy, like best of the decade kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Even uh, to I, add to that, quick, even like I feel like Uzi even took a fatter L with that other with that track that he released <laughs> trying to go against yeah that that track like trying to go against playboy cardi like i feel like he just made everything even worse for right, bro, nobody's talking about that song though bro. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't gotta talk about that though. yeah <laughs> no, but, that. just one yeah, more thing that just, like yeah. it has nothing to do with the album really i mean it has everything to do with the album but whole the whole thing that uh the whole like it's his whole performance on twitter right the week the album re- was released right also kind of didn't really you know do so well you know he was going on twitter you know talking about trying to explain kind of the concept for the album you know with his different characters i already forgot one of them i know one of them is like baby pluto or whatever uh-huh. but yeah. he was trying to explain like the different characters and like, oh yeah like, like track one through six is baby pluto, yeah exactly seven, dude 12. no and i didn't see through that at all like <laughs> i didn't see through the bs at all because first of all when I listen to the album, and I re-listen to the album, like, many times, because I love Uzi. I'm not going to let myself try to, you know, you know, oh, like, I don't like Uzi anymore. Like, no, I love Uzi. But when I, when I re-listen to it, I, I didn't get that from the music, right? People were making those comments before he made the comment, right, of, like, track one through whatever is this person and this person and that person. I think that was more of a fan-made thing. And then Uzi kind of rode with that. Like, oh, yeah, like, wait, this is a really good idea. Like, because when I listened to the album, I did not get that at all. Like, literally at all. Like, mm-hmm. the concept that he was trying to push on Twitter, I didn't get that through the music. And, you know, yeah. when people, when, when he said that shit on Twitter, when he said that, my bad. When he said that on Twitter, <laughs> he, it was like, it was like, bro, like, I don't really think you thought of that. Like, I think you're just riding with what the fans said. And it's kind of looking like a little, like, like, sorry, you know, like, like, uh. like. It's not, like, I don't know. I just didn't mess with it. I, I didn't yeah. like that he did that, you know, because I personally, I didn't find I didn't find any of that conceptual stuff in the album. And like Samaj said, the little snippets after the song with the little space thing, I thought it was corny. Like, I thought it was real corny. I thought it was real corny because if you really want a space theme, bro, then implement that into your music. 
like implement that into the uh, like that out of world like you know how Travis did in Astral World yeah. like you know do that with the music not with Put in some your lyrics snippet you know exactly put in your lyrics you know but, but what was he rapping about you already know what he was rapping about like <laughs> it was just it wasn't yeah, I don't know I just I, it wasn't a good listen for me hmm. and I feel like with with an artist like Uzi not going lyrics but his biggest like selling point is vibe like he's basically when you think about it he's kind of in the same lane as like travis scott because these are both artists that you don't really go to as for lyrics you go to for like vibe or like to get hype like i'm completely different vibes like travis is more of like a chill vibe you go for and and uzi is more of like a hype vibe but they're still kind of like vibey artists so like so he when it comes to art like album he really needs to push that more than anything else because that's like his biggest selling point like, okay, how do I get, like, the best vibe for my audio? <laughs> yeah, we slaughtered cool. Hector right there. No, all your points were fair. But at okay, the end yeah. of the day, you can make comparisons all day between this, that, and the other. True. And I think it's also fair to consider that, you know what? Like Pablo said with the Twitter thing, you're absolutely right. He definitely was making that stuff up. Just to, you know, add more value <laughs> to it. But at the same time, you know, he's human. And yeah, it's course. hard when, you know, you come off this album and you're getting, like, destroyed by your fans and by non-fans. And it's like, you just think to yourself, like, I messed up. What do I do? How do I make it better? Especially when I feel like I put, you know, my real heart and soul into this to make yeah. this good work. Hmm. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I agree. You know, I mean, I feel like his only course of action was to release the un- the unreleased songs. Mm. Like, I think that's the best thing he could have done. I don't think there was anything yeah. else. Because completely taking the album away from from streaming services and then, like, releasing it again, I think that would be the worst decision. Right? Yeah, you right. already released it. Everybody already listened to it, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's really the best thing he could have done. And, I mean, I would be lying if I said I'm not looking forward to the next uzi project yeah because i want to see the redemption right i want to see him do better and i hope he does better you know so it's not like i'm not a uzi fan anymore i'm still very much an uzi fan it's just it was just disappointing and you love know love is rage three yeah love is rage three i mean right, to cool. be honest for uh the first two times were a chart a charm, oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah so i mean I, you know yo love is rage two is one of my favorite albums of all time bro yeah, love is very yeah. amazing. Yeah, love it. Cool. Uh, who's next? It's gonna be hard, like coming after that. I think it's Chris's. Was yeah. it like, your yeah. number two? Yeah. yeah, it's my final. This is my final album. Okay. Um, so, I I select Circles by Mac Miller. Mm. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I love this album. This album is very great. In my opinion, I feel like this is one of the greatest posthumous albums put together. And, you know, it was great, short, not too many tracks. And the production on this album is amazing. You know, songs like, you know, sam- um, the sampling you see in Blue, Wor- in Blue World. Like, I thought it was Jacob um, Kalar, but it, it, it's not him. It's some other guy that, that they sample from. Good songs on here, like Good News, Circles, um, I Can See Everybody. That's on me um, once a day. And yeah, I rated this album a 9 out of 10. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Nice. I mean, like, Chris, did you, like, copy my notes? Like, I, <laughs> I, had, I had circles at 
um, number one mm. uh, as well. Um, I the amount of times I've cried to this album, not because of Mac Miller's death, but just because of the vibe overall. Yeah. It's just like countless. Like I, dude, I go back to this album at least like a couple of times a month ever mm. since it came out. You know, it's just so so good. It's definitely one of the best posthumous albums I've ever heard. Yeah, excellent replay value. The concepts of the songs are fitting to Mac Miller's character and mm. the circumstances that he was in before and after his death. You know, it's just it's really crazy how much it hits. Because when you think about Mac Miller and just what he was going through and everything, it's like, damn, bro. Like, yeah, he mm-hmm. really like like this is really a posthumous album. Like, and I mean, the the only album I can compare it to, which I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever listened to it, but there's this uh, the posthumous. Well, okay, it's not really posthumous because well, I think it's posthumous actually. Yeah, it is posthumous. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh man, wow! I how come I totally <laughs> forgot it? Um. <laughs> Wow, okay, uh, okay, I'll get back to that point, but okay. uh, the mood and the vibes of the songs are extremely relaxing and calming, which is definitely my favorite thing about his album, and my favorite thing that has that Mac Miller has released, like, recently is those, like, calm songs, you know, and I, it's True. crazy to see how much he's developed, you know, and yeah. the production is, like Chris said, it's, like, really good, and it yeah. felt mm-hmm. really complete and everything. Um, let me see, uh, wait, let me just finish, let me, oh my gosh, um, okay, so, the album that I was gonna compare it to is, wow, okay, is David Bowie's Black Star, right, Mm, so now, David Bowie's Black Star, right, is a really good example of a posthumous album that is, was, like, released, like, really close to, like, their death, and has a lot of meanings that relates to the artist's death or like what they were going through, right? And it's like a really good comparison to Mac Miller's Circles. I would say it's almost like the the uh, like kind of like uh, R and B type of like chill counterpart, you know? Because mm. like, it's really it hits really hard when you think about the artist and just them and the music, and it's like wow, you know. It's really like it, it. It's the perfect way to go out, right? It's the perfect way to go out, and um, yeah. But circles is a, a nine out of ten for me. Yeah, I feel like he really set a standard for posthumous works. Like any artists that you know they're working on. I know Juice World is coming out with his soon, or like his team. I feel like they should, even though it's like different genres or whatever, or like different sounds. Just like the conceptually, you should just kind of take that as like a standard. Like this is the way to do it. Like he really set like a perfect example. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, I think Samaj, your your only one choice. Yeah, it's my <laughs> one choice. Now I had a few, but um, I just wanted to more so go like I had a few that I could have said like one or two points about, and you guys pretty much took like a lot of them. Hmm. Uh, but I really wanted to just really just stick to one and kind of like research it to the bet, just research the artist, research the work, like all of that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um. And I'm glad I got to this point. Nobody mentioned them yet. And they're, fr- they're fairly mainstream, I'd say. It's a younger artist. <laughs> and my sister actually... Actually, I, originally, I didn't have a lot of, like, respect for this artist as much as I do now after doing more research because it's one of my sister's favorite artists. And I know my sister to, 
to be very like one dimensional, one dimensional with her music taste. So she likes like those hood like gangster rappers, like you know G Herbo, guys like you know of that nature. So I'm just like I just automatically like write off like her music taste. And this is one of her favorite artists. So I was like, ah, oh, like forget it. It's like probably and, you know it's the same thing over and over. Uh, so I'm just going to say my album is The Goat by Polo G. So okay. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, so at first, yeah, so initially, like I said, I, I saw Polo G as, like, like a, maybe a little TJ, like, uh, uh, NLE Chopper, just, like, that kind of, uh, like, he's going to get hot, like, with these, like, he raps about the same stuff they do, they're going to make these cool, like, songs, and then they're going to die out, like, after a few years. So, but I was like, you know what, let me actually go into this project, because it seems, to, it's doing, like, pretty good, like, on the charts and stuff, it's, like, holding its own. So, I was like, you know, like, maybe it has something to offer. So, uh, one thing I like... Is that his one thing I noticed like off rip listening to the first couple of tracks is that his his he raps in a way it's like almost like a he goes deeper than like a lot of other artists like would go when it comes to like pain and passion like there's a lot of artists that'd be like oh like depression you got to take these pills like you know it just kind of gets run of the mill but he goes like really deep like with with his subject matter and he gets like a lot more descriptive than a lot of artists like might be able to like in one of his songs I know he's like he's talking about his childhood and it gets really like dark and deep and you're like and tell me i'm, I'm gonna like recite some of these lines from this and tell me if you ever heard an artist like kind of go this deep and like as far as rap mainstream rap goes so he says hate the criticism use music to block it out by his auntie he's talking about himself in like third person so he says by his auntie he was molested as a baby boy messed up his head it even changed the way he played with toys up late night rapping and they told him to quit making noise so that was just from one of his songs. I, was, I just caught it. And I was like, I don't really see a lot of artists, even like his age, I guess. And like that kind of set him apart in my head. Like maybe he's, you know, has a story to tell, you know, beyond the, the you know, the regular stuff, guns and money and women, whatever. So that kind of like reeled me in more and more. Out the, album, the album went on. Um, and then one thing, he, he raps a lot of the time. You can hear like passion and you can hear like a sense of urgency in his voice. Like, he always sounds like he's urgent, like he doesn't have a lot of time left, that he's trying to get this message across before it's too late. That's, like, the, the one flaw I'd give the album is that uh, the monotony of, like, the beats. Like, you get your typical uh, trap beats with this album. Like, nothing you... Like, it's very run-of-the-mill. Like, you get your guitar, you get your piano, and then you have your 808s, you have your kicks, you have your hi-hats. It sounds like any other... Like, you could throw these beats on any other project, like Lil Baby or whatever. It's just... It's going to fit right in. So that's one thing for the future I'd give, like I'd say he should improve on. Um, and then one other thing that set him apart for me was the, when I got to the last track. Oh, yeah, throughout the track list, you know, when I was thinking to this album, I was thinking about that podcast we did a while ago, where it was like the best new artists of like next generation and like all the criteria we set. Like, oh, they should be, like as far as rappers go, like we were saying who's going to take the throne from like Drake, J. Cole, and Kendrick. And we were saying like, oh, an artist like that, they have to be socially conscious. They have to know how to make hits. And I was kind of running through the checklist as I was like listening to this album, and he was run like he was hitting a lot of the boxes. Like he has his catchy songs that were making the charts. He has his um he has his like love songs to women. He sounds like both, but I was like he's not really socially conscious or like deep. Like he talks about his own life, but I was like, can he get like socially aware like a Kendrick or a J Cole? And then he kind of answered that question for me on the last track, "Wishing for a Hero," where he he That's sampled a really good song. Yeah. yeah, love that song, and he sampled uh. Tupac's changes on it and back in the day when Tupac released changes it was uh he was talking about like the just socially he was being socially aware talking about police brutality like in his neighborhood just a struggle of you know living black in society 
living in the slums, that kind of thing. And Polo G kind of, he took the same beat and he, now he's rapping about like, you know, present day. And basically the whole concept of the song is he's rapping about today, uh, just like all the problems of police brutality and the things that we still see. And it's like showing like not much has changed. That's like the message I get from it. Like Tupac made this song and like we're still fighting the same battle like years, decades later. So I thought like for someone his age, that was like a pretty deep conceptual song that to be able to come out with. And that, that really set me apart. That's what separates for me. Like how we were talking about Lil Baby when he dropped the bigger picture and how that kind of separates him from like his peers because he's able to like to, to take it there when like a lot of his peers like might not be able to. And that's, that kind of separated from the new younger artists coming out, like Polo G for me. Like he was able to give me a socially conscious song. Um, he was able to give me, you know, storytelling, pain and passion. He was able to get deep and descriptive, write catchy hooks. Like he was really checking all the boxes for me. And I was like, listening to the project, I was really excited for his future in music. Um, so yeah, I'd give it like an eight, a solid 8 out of 10. I think there's just room for improvement as far as production goes. And I think if he, if he like works on like better, more unique production, and he like can come together with like a con a concept because I know he can like based on the music he presented, like he come with like a firm concept and stick to it throughout like the album from start to finish. I think he could he has the potential to make like an album of the decade, like make a name hmm. for himself, like later on in the coming years. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm actually surprised because I w I did not think you would have chosen like the goat, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And but it's a good surprise though because I actually like this album quite a bit mm -hmm. um okay it's like i don't think it's like amazing but like for yeah. what it is it's it's pretty good and i really do like the different type of songs like you know wishing for a hero like it, it really is you know uh, a great great song especially with you know it's very socially relevant you know mm -hmm. and um i think polo g does a good job uh everything that you mentioned you know with his with the pain and the passion it, you know and that's i feel like that's a lot of uh, that's a thing that like not a lot but there are rappers now that mm -hmm. do a good job at expressing uh pain and passion you know yeah and that's something that they're really good at and uh, I'm, I'm actually happy that you picked that album because uh you know mm -hmm. uh it's 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 slept on yeah i think so too because i was i was surprised and, and honestly when it came out and i slept on it too like before and like i actually started doing research for this podcast because if I, if I really, like, took the time to listen to it when he dropped and gave him, like, that respect, like, okay, like, there's a respectable artist, let me listen to his project, then I feel like I would have brought him up, like, in the earlier weeks, like, oh, we should, like, review this album with, like, our batch. But I just feel like, yeah, he didn't really just have my respect. And honestly, the respect of a lot of other people who kind of just wrote him out the same way I did. So, um, yeah. So that's why I feel like he's, like, kind of underrated, slept on yeah, I feel it's like that because like he's just a younger artist. Yeah, and people and you know, uh, based on the songs that he's released in the past and stuff like that, like the mainstream. People, yeah, yeah, that. people kind of see it as like, okay, I already know what he's gonna talk about on this song. Yeah, like or on this album, like I don't really need to listen to it. And yeah, um, exactly. And they're like, oh, I could go to like ten different artists for the same exact thing. Like, yeah, facts. Yeah, facts. I actually have one more album. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Like, yeah, honorable mention. Uh, Pray for Paris by West Side Gun. Dang. I feel like this album was actually really amazing. Like yeah. I, I listened to this album recently, and you know songs like um, three twenty seven, three twenty seven with um, Tyler Creator, French Toast. I get like Cherry Bond vibes off of that. You have other songs like The Law Sent Me, Five Hundred Ounces, and Party with Pop Smoke. 
Like, this album was actually really good. And, and for me, I'll say that this is probably, like, top three best rap album this year. I agree. Wow. Okay. It, it was on my number five before I, like, pushed it to num- to four albums. Mm. But, um, mm. yeah, dude. That West Side Gun album, like, it's so, so good. And I think yeah. it's super slept on. Like, yeah. He yeah. killed it, yeah. It's really good. The good features and everything. I, it's definitely an album that more rap fans need to listen to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- that was actually my number five. Mm. Um, but I scrapped it. Cool. Yeah. All right, Hector, wrap it up. Yep. All right. Any closing comments, anyone? Um... Rip, rip to the big whoop. Facts. Oh yeah, yeah. his album actually we'll, dropped. We gotta... We'll talk about that next week. Yeah, we'll yeah. Talk about that. yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Peace. 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 Peace.